The years are around 700 B.C., and God's people were not doing so well. Yeah, things were pretty much tanking for the nation. A large part of Judah and, and all of the northern kingdom of Israel were in exile, living in various parts of the Assyrian Empire, having been torn away from their homes, having been torn away from their families, from their land, from their businesses, from their hopes, from their dreams. I mean, imagine that being you. Now, how did they end up in, in such a dark and difficult place? Well, basically, it was because they had, they had sinned and turned their backs on God. Uh, they had bowed down and worshiped foreign gods, and what God did was God removed his protection and allowed their enemies to invade them and to conquer their land. Yes, things were bad, really bad. Ever been there? And they would only get worse. You see, in about 100 years, give or take a year, the Babylonian Empire would come riding in to finish a job that the Assyrian Empire had started. In 722 BC, King Nebuchadnezzar and his army would level the city, tear down the walls, reduce the temple to rubble, and kill thousands of men, women, and children, and take thousands more into captivity. I understand, it, it was to a people who had seen better days. It, 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 it was to a people who had experienced great suffering, people who had lost hope. It was the people who, in many ways, only had themselves to blame for their pain and their sorrow. It, it, it was to a people who wondered, where, where's God? It, it was to a people who longed for a new day to dawn that God wrote through his prophet Isaiah the following words. I am the Lord, your Holy One, Israel's Creator, your King. Okay, I'm going to pause. Let's stand. Let's stand. This is too good to sit. You know, we do that every now and then, right, to show a sign of reverence and respect for God's Word. It's not just my words. It's not some words I made up, but these words were literally breathed by God. I am the Lord, your Holy One, Israel's Creator, your King. This is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and reinforcements together, and they lay there never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland, to give drink to my people, my chosen, the people I formed for myself, that they may proclaim my praise. I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people. Are you thirsty? My chosen, the people I formed for myself, that they may proclaim my praise. And, and would you pray with me? And yeah, you know, we like to, it's a good, good time to do it, especially the first Sunday of the year, where we like to pray palms open symbolically that we're ready to receive from God. Heavenly Father, God, we love you so much. We need you so much. And God, thank you for a new year, for a new start. Thank you that you're always doing a new thing. And Father, I pray that just as our hands are open, that our minds, our hearts would be open, Lord, to you right now. Father, I pray that just as your word is alive and active, that we will be alive and active and engage your word, knowing that you speak. And if we listen, we will hear your voice today as we begin a new year. Father, enable me to say what you want me to say in the way that you want me to say it. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You can be seated, or as always, feel free to stand the entire time if you want. 
Now, can you believe it? The year 2015 is off and running. And listen, I'm convinced that 2015 is going to be a huge year. It's going to be a breakout year for some people in this very room. Why? Because God is doing a new thing. I mean, even now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? Listen, during the new year, this new year, God is going to make a way where there was no way. He's going to flood the dry, barren desert wasteland with streams of his living water. I'm going to say that again because I don't know if you heard me, right? You know, in 2015, God is going to make a way. You don't see that there's a way. How am I going to make? God's going to make a way where there is no way, and God is going to flood the dry, barren wasteland with his streams of living water. Amen? I understand today, day four of the year 2015, that's still crazy to say. It seems like it was just 1978 to me. God, today, God is handing every single person in this room 361 blank pages of life. And he's inviting us to write a brand new future on them in the coming days, weeks, and months. Today, and today God says to every person in this room, forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. Uh, tell the person to your right, forget the former things. And then tell at least two people, beginning with yourself, do not dwell on the past. And that, that, that's great advice, right? As we get a new year, not to dwell on the past. I, I mean, dwelling on the past and focusing on what's behind you will mess you up and will mess you up in a hurry, right? Um, I, I call it the rearview mirror effect, right? You know, if you notice in your car, you got this windshield that's really, really big. And what's bigger, your windshield or your rearview mirror? Not your question, right? <laughs> okay, it's your rearview mirror. It's smaller, <laughs> And if you drove today, this week, when you, leave this, when you leave here today, I want you to drive out of here spending more time looking in your rearview mirror than your windshield and call me later and let me know what happens. It's not going to work so well. You know, don't dwell on the past. Remember, there is no future in the past. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. I don't know about you, but I love the word new. I mean, it even feels good to say it, new, new. Question, have you ever bought a new car, moved into a new house, made new friends, started a new relationship, read a new book, discovered a new truth, traveled to a new place, put on, I got a new shirt on, put on a new uh, new clothes, slept on a new bed, saw things in a new way, have been given a new start? Yeah, I really like new. And you know what? Our Heavenly Father is all about new as well. I mean, from the very beginning in Genesis 1, when, when God spoke and, and simply through the power of his words, talk about power, he created a new world uh, to his final chapter, Revelation, where we see coming down from the skies a new heaven and a new earth. And everywhere in between, you see a God who seems to be obsessed with new. In Genesis 12, God calls Abraham uh, to become a new nation. In Genesis 35, we see God giving Jacob both a new name. You're no longer Jacob a schemer. You're now 
Israel, my chosen, and gave him a new start. In Exodus 3, God gave an 80-year-old guy tending sheep in the desert a new mission. In the book of Joshua, we see God leading his people into a new land. And in Isaiah 40, God tells the weary, the tired, and the worn out. Is that you? That if they, God tells the weary and the tired and worn out that if they would put their hope and trust in him, they will be given what? New strength as they mount up on wings like eagles. In Jeremiah 31, God talks about the day when the Messiah would come, bringing with him the new covenant where he would forgive our wickedness and no longer remember our sins. And when God put on flesh and walked this earth, he spoke of a new covenant and gave us a new command. In Acts chapter 5, after busting the apostles out of jail, he said, hey, I want you to go stand on the street corners and tell everyone about this new life. And John in his revelation, after telling us about the new heaven and the new earth, writes the following in Revelation 21. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything, what? New. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. I am making everything new. No doubt about it. Our God, creator of all that we see, the Lord of glory, the King of kings is into new. And listen, the question that I want us to think about this the first Sunday, and again, great job, your perfect attendance of the year 2015, is how do we put his new into our new year? Now, I thought about this all week, and I came up with six words that if we embrace them and you know me, it's, not, it's more than a six-word sermon. Don't get your hopes up. Wow, he's going to say six words and we're out the door. Sorry, not happening, okay? I came up with six words that if we will embrace them, will help us put his new into our new year. Believe, leave, seek, be, pursue, and rest. Again, getting his new into our new year begins with believe. We have to believe what, what God says. And God says a lot, doesn't he? And let's not forget that it was simply by saying that God created everything that we see. Okay, if we really want to put his new into our new year, we need to believe basically three things. We need to believe what God says about himself. In the text we read earlier, he says, I am the Lord, your holy one, Israel's creator, your king. This is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and horses, the Exodus, right? The army and reinforcements together, and they lay there, never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. You see what God is saying? God is is reminding his people of who he is and what he did so that they would believe and trust in him to do what he's about to say. Who am I? He says, I am the great I am. Who am I? I'm the holy one. I'm the perfect one. I'm the one who always does right and never does wrong. Who am I? I'm the one that created all things and called Israel into being. Who am I? I am your king. I am the king of kings. I am the one who sits enthroned above the circle of the earth. And what have I done? I provided a way when there was no way. I made a path through troubled waters. 
I delivered my people from a powerful enemy that was about to destroy them. Basically, God, God is saying to his people, you know who I am. You've seen what I've done. Now trust in what I'm about to say to you. Now, Maple Grove, if we want to put his new into our new year, we have to believe what God says about himself. We have to believe that God is sovereign, that he is holy, that he is just, that he is all-powerful, that he is all-knowing, that he is ever-present. But we need to believe that God is the calmer of storms, the parter of seas, the giver of life, the forgiver of sins. We have to believe that God really is the one for whom all things are possible. We have to believe what God says about himself. We need to believe what God says about you need to believe what God says about your future. You need to believe that God really is doing a new thing in 2015. You need to believe that this new thing has already started. You need to believe that God, the creator of everything, the one who is before all things and over all things and holds all things together, you need to believe that that this creator God really does have thoughts, plans, and intentions for your future in the year 2015. You need to believe that Jesus really did come to give life in all its fullness to everyone and that that everyone includes you. You need to believe that because God is in it, you need to believe that because God is in your future as a Christ follower, that your future will only get brighter and brighter until the day that it explodes in an unimaginable way when he splits the sky and takes us home to be with him forever. You need to believe what God says about your future. And by the way, our message next Sunday, if you look in your program, it's called, um, you know, there's no place like home. And I, I, we're going to talk about heaven. We're going to talk about where we're going. Some previews of coming attractions for us as Jesus followers. And finally, we need to believe what God says. You need to believe what God says about you. And fellow Jesus followers, God has said and is saying some pretty awesome things about you. God says that you are chosen, accepted. God says that, that you are loved, that you are adopted. God says that you are his, that you are precious to him. God says that, that you are his masterpiece, that you are a new creation. God says that you are more than conquerors. God says that you are the light of the world, that you are the salt of this earth. I, I don't know about you, but I find it much easier to believe what God says about himself than to believe what God says about me. You struggle with that too? You know? Yeah, God says you are these things. You are chosen and loved and accepted by the king and creator of the universe. Putting his new into our new year begins with belief. And you know, so many times I, 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 feel, I feel just like this uh, dad who wanted his daughter healed, remember? In Mark 9, he goes, you know, I believe, help me with my what? My unbelief. Man, God, I believe that this stuff you say about me is true, that I'm free and forgiven and headed for heaven, but help me with my unbelief. You know, there, there's power in believing what God says about us. And I'm going to ask you guys to stand on your feet or on your neighbor's feet, right? And, and, and these are 
seven faith convictions. We did this like years and years ago, and we're going to read these together, right? That means like at the same time, and, and, but really think about this. You know, uh, God told Joshua in Joshua 1.9, do not let the word of God depart from his mouth. And there's power in speaking God's truth. And, and so as we speak these truths, these seven faith convictions, believe what God is saying. We're going to do on two. One, two. I am radically and completely loved by the king of the universe. I am fully forgiving and free from all shame and condemnation. Is anybody out there? I'm not hearing anybody. All right. Uh, number three, there is no sin or temptation that I cannot overcome because I've been crucified with Christ. I will walk in confidence and not in fear or anxiety, no matter what I face, because the all-powerful great God is with me. He is good. I trust him with all my heart. Besides, when all is said and done, I win. I have no insecurity because I see myself as God sees me. My life is not accidental, random, or meaningless, despite how I feel or what anyone else says. Instead, it has great purpose. I've been created to bring glory to God and to live life fully. Because of Christ, I'm not weak or limited, but have all the resources and power I need to live the life he intends for me to live. Amen. Okay, you can grab a seat. And I have some copies on the visitor counter back there of those convictions. You can stick them in your Bible or in your mirror to, and speak that truth into your life. Because the enemy's always speaking lies, right? You got to stop believing what other people say about you, what the enemy says about you, and what you say about you, and start believing what God says about you. And you here's what I really think God wants to say to some people in this room today. I know he wants to say it to me. Um, you're spending too much energy assessing other people's assessment of you. You're spending too much energy assessing other people's assessment of you. What do they think about me? I'm up here, I do that. What do they think? They look kind of bored right now. That person's nodding off, right? That person's on their cell phone. You know, you know, you know. God says, I want you to reinvest that energy and to align in your life with what? My acceptance of you. Man, just think about how much God loves you and accepts you. You see, in 2015, as a Jesus follower, you have nothing to prove because in Christ, you are already approved. Next, to put his new into our new year, we need to leave some junk behind. Jesus says, no one puts new wine in old wineskins, for the new wine will burst the wineskin, spilling the wine and ruining the skins. I understand, if we really want to put his new into our new year, we'll have to leave some stuff behind. Abram had to leave his family and his homeland. Moses had to leave the comfort and security of playing it safe in the desert. P Peter and John ha ha had to leave their, their nets by the shore. Uh, Timothy had to leave behind his fear and timidity. And, and as we read the letter that Paul and others wrote to the early church, we see that they had to they had to be reminded to leave behind all the old habits, all, all the old hurts and issues that kept creeping back into their lives. And, and, and here, here's kind of, let me illustrate what happens. You know, a new year begins, we hear these truths about, hey, God wants to do something new and fresh in my life, and we get pretty excited about it. But, but we decide, well, yeah, but there's some stuff I need to bring with me. So, you know, we start carrying this stuff. You know, we're supposed to leave this stuff behind, but God, I know you want to do this new thing in my life, but 
oh, I dropped this thing, God, but I got to pick this thing up. And, and God, you know what? I, I, I need, God, I know you're, you're wanting to do this new thing here, God. You know, and we're like, you know, we're just like, we're trying to, somebody, I'm falling and I can't get up. I, that was on purpose. Did I act well? Okay. <laughs> but As God wants to pour his new into your new year, is there anything that you shouldn't be carrying with you? Is there anything that God is saying, hey, you need to leave this behind? I, I don't know, maybe you need, need to leave behind doubt or fear or pride or guilt or envy or jealousy. I mean, maybe you need to, be, need to leave behind anger or bitterness or unforgiveness or some sin or an attitude or a way of thinking. I'm totally convinced that you're messed up and I'm messed up and that we try to enter a new year and a new time with God carrying along the old junk with us. I'm convinced every one of us has something that God says, you need to leave it this year. Will you leave it? It, it, It's messing you up and it's causing you to miss out on what I want to do. And so the question is, how bad do we want his new in our life? Do we want it? Do you want it bad enough that we're willing to ask God right now, God, God, what's in my way? God, what keeps getting in my way? You got this new life for me. You got this life in all its fullness. You want to give it to me, but it's not happening, and I know it's not happening. God, what do I need to put down right now so that you can do the new that you want to do in me? David prayed it this way. Dangerous prayer. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me. God, anything, anything messing me up, causing me to miss out? God, God, is there anything that offends you, that hurts you, that hurts your glory? God, show me anything in there, God. Show it to me, and I will throw it down. What is God saying? Yeah, you want this new? What is God saying? You got to leave this. You got to leave this. If we want his new in our new year, we got to believe what God says. We got to leave some junk behind. We got to seek him first. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. Wow, how are you doing with that one? What you eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear is not, the, is not life more than food and the body more than clothes and houses and cars and stuff. Look at the birds of the air. They, they do not sow or reap or store away in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they are? Can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? See, worry is a down payment on you know, a problem that you may never even have to begin with. And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today, and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? You have little faith. So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. See, God says we don't have to run after things. 
We've got to seek him first. And that word first is the Greek word proto, proto where we get our English word um, prototype. You know, it can either mean first in the list, you know, you know, God, you know, family, football, or whatever, you know, and, and, you know, and, and or it could mean first as in that which determines everything else. And I think it's first in that which determines everything else. See, among other things, seeking him first means life is no longer about who? It's no longer about us. You see, God cannot pour his new into your new year when you are making life all about you, when you're seeking self, when you're seeking to please yourself, to promote yourself, to protect yourself, to justify yourself, to avenge yourself. And listen, when we die to self is when we truly find what life is all about. When we seek his will daily, God, I'm seeking your will and your plan and your purpose and your character and your way, not my way. You know, I, 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 I don't know about you, but I'm praying that in the year 2015 that God relieves me of the burden of me, of me. Man, you know, you can't have a bad day when it's not about you, right? <laughs> There's no bad day. It's not about you anymore. It's just a burden, right? I mean, sometimes we carry that into church with us, right? We bring, in, we bring us in rather than come to see God. Believe, leave, seek, be. Be known by your gratitude. Give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. I will praise God's name and song and glorify him with what? With thanksgiving. Now, we talked about this on Thanksgiving weekend and about how we should be known not by our, not by our grumbling and complaining or by our whining and negativity, but instead that we should be known by our gratitude, by being grateful people, always thankful. And gratitude is one of the healthiest emotions that we can have. And listen, if you and I would just open up our eyes, we would see that all around us are so many reasons for us to be grateful every day. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. I mean, today, man, if we're not going to be able to rejoice today, don't think we'll be able to rejoice tomorrow, right? I want to show you an awesome video about gratitude. It's a beautiful pictures, and, and it's a Benedictine monk who's reading a text with these scriptures about the power of gratitude and how much we have to be grateful for all around us. Check this out. It's amazing. I love that. If you learn to respond as if it were the first day in your life and the very last day in your life, then you will have spent this day very well. You know, after our conversation on gratitude back on November 30th, it's online if you want to check it out. We took the 32-day challenge, a lot of us did, where every day we would we would you know, each different ones, but every day, three things that we're thankful for. And, and, and you know, that was good for me, right? You know, I, I got to learn this discipline because I walk by all these things that, that I should be grateful for. And I don't even, I, I didn't think about gratitude this morning when I turned on the shower. I don't know if you did. You know, I, I didn't think about gratitude for the refrigerator that, that kept, my, kept my yogurt, you know, cold this morning. You know, and so uh, what I like to do is to offer you guys, uh, you know, the two-a-day challenge and for this upcoming year, you know, just two a day. Every day, you know, you think of, you, and you can't catch up, like do 14 in one day because you missed them, but just every day, write down some things that you're thankful for. We got to learn how to do this, right? And let's be, I'll tell you, it, it, it'll put the new in your new year, 
uh, when you are a grateful, thankful person, and it'll bring glory to God. And I love what the monk said at the very end. Um, our daily gratefulness will overflow into blessings all around us, and then it will really be a good day every day. Believe, leave, seek, be, um, pursue. Pursue God's plan for your life. Jeremiah says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you in 2015 hope and a future. That's some crazy stuff, right? I mean, the sovereign king of the universe, the one who breathes out stars and hold, holds oceans in his hands, thinks about you, and he has plans and intentions for your life in the coming year. Are you kidding me? And Paul put it this way in Ephesians. We are God's masterpiece. It's the Greek word poema, where we get our English word poem. For we are God's masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. We are what? We are God's masterpiece. We're his poem. Created to do what? Created to do good works, which God, what? God prepared in advance for us to do these good works. Which means that you know, these are things that we can do because we were actually created to do these things. Bottom line, if there's a God, and there is, and if this God created and formed us, and he did, and if this God is sovereign and in charge, and he is, and if this God who is, who created us, and who is sovereign and in charge, has a plan and purpose for our lives, and he does, then that's the life that we were created to live. That's the life that we are to pursue. And that's why on October the 12th, we launched our three-year plan at Maple Grove called Pursue. And at the core, this three-year plan is all about us living our lives on mission individually and as a church. And the way we're defining and illustrating that life is with the diagram that like our vision, our mission, and our core values is becoming the DNA of our church, is it's serving as the GPS, the navigation system for our life. You see, the life that you and I were created to live, God created us in his image. The life that you and I were created to live is a life that begins with belong. You know, uh, belonging to God as we surrender to him in faith and, and, and then belonging to his body, to his church. And, and the life we're created to live, it, it, it also is a life, it's a life that grows, right? It's natural to grow, right? You know, I have a lot, I've grown children, they look a little different than they did when they were born, right? They're 31, and 30, they look a lot different. And, and, and there's some habits that help us to grow in our faith, you know, uh, reading the Bible, praying, being in community, right? Giving our resources back to God. So, so the life of great to live, it, it, it's a life that, it, would you throw that diagram back on there real quick? It, it, it's a life that begins with belong, it's a life that, it's a life that, that that grows, and it's also a life that serves. It's a life that uses its unique shape, unique spiritual gifts, heart, abilities, personality, and experiences to serve the body and make it stronger. And it's also a life that engages, that engages this world by doing acts of loving compassion and by connecting with people who are far from Christ, introducing them to Jesus. So, so, so here's the question. I mean, you can read the Bible. There's no doubt that's the life that we're supposed to live, that belongs, that grows, that serves, and that engages this world that God loves. So what will you do in 2015 to pursue living your life on mission? And, and, and by the way, um, two weeks from tomorrow, 
two weeks from yesterday, rather, on January the 17th, we're having our next Life on Mission classes. And, and uh, the Belong class, the Grow class, and if, you, if you're taking the Grow class, you can take the Serve class uh, um, Saturday, January the 17th. In this class, you'll talk about, hey, how do I know what I'm supposed to do? How, how has God shaped me with my unique personality, my unique abilities and experiences in order to serve his body and to make it stronger? You can sign up for those classes on our connection card. Yeah, but pursue is an active thing, right? Yeah, yeah, the life we're created to live is not just going to fall into our lap. We've we got to do some things, right? You know, what are you going to do in order to grow this year? What are you going to do uh, to serve? And, and, and what are you going to do to engage? Begin to think about how are you going to do those things? If you want to put his new into your new year, you need to believe, leave, seek, be, pursue, and finally, you need to rest fully in him. And, and listen, listen. Resting in him is extremely important. And having his new invade our new year. I mean, maybe as you think about 2015 and about, you know, I, I, I need to believe and leave and seek and be and pursue, you, you feel overwhelmed. Don't be. Rest in him. Remember, he's already done all the heavy lifting in, in order for you and I to live the life that we are created to live. In Psalm 46, verse 10, we read this. I love this. Cease striving. Some versions say be still. Cease striving and know that I am God. I'll be exalted among the nations. I'll be exalted in the earth. You know, on January 1st, I, I, I was really excited. I brought me a brand new journal at, at, at family, is it family Christian. Is that what it's called? You know, and I'm a big journaler. That's one of the ways I seek God. And, and uh, commit to the Lord whatever you do, and your plans will succeed. Pretty cool verse. And, and, and I was reading on January 1st. I was so excited, you know, to start my new journal. You know, all these blank pages. What's going to happen? You know, in these blank. And, and, and I was feeling a little bit overwhelmed looking at the new year and how I, I, I don't measure up to this standard I put against myself. And, and at the bottom of the page I began journaling that day was, Psalm 4610, you know, be still and know that I'm God. And I, then I was reminded, oh, yeah, in the New American Standard words, it's cease striving and know that I'm God. And then I wrote in my journal after I read that, Lord, okay, I get it. You've got this. Okay, I get it. You've got this. You've got this year. You've got it. It's in your hands, not in my hands. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We need to rest in him. Rest in his strength, his power, his mercy, his grace, his victory, his presence, his love, his plan, his purpose, his lordship. The psalmist writes, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. That's some good stuff. Now, now I, I want to close with an event recorded for us in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Uh, this chapter, 2 Chronicles chapter 20, this chapter has become, in the last several months, one of my favorite go-to chapters. And, and here's the backstory: a, a vast army is invading the land. And God's people, they're outgunned, they're outnumbered, they're terrified. And their king does the exact 
right thing. He falls on his face before God asking for help. And as all of Judah, all the men, all the women, all the children stand waiting for the Lord's response. They're coming, God. They're bigger than us. We can't deal with this. I don't know what we're going to do. We're overwhelmed. And God's spirit comes upon this guy, and this guy begins to speak for God. He says, listen, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Listen, King Jehoshaphat. This is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged by this mighty army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged by this mighty army. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged by all the things that are coming against you, all the obstacles you see in front of you, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, march out against them. You'll find them coming up, as they always do, coming to get you through the, through the ascent of Ziz at, at the end of the valley that opens into the wilderness of Jeruel. But you will not even need to fight. Take your positions. Then stand still and watch the Lord's victory. He's with you, O people of Jude and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Go out against them tomorrow, for the Lord is with you. And Maple Grove, in, in 2015, if we want to put his new into our new year, we need to take our position. Uh, we need to believe. We need to leave. We need to seek. We need to be known by our gratitude. We need to pursue. And then we need to stand still and rest and watch the Lord's victory, for he is with us. As you look at this new year, do not be afraid or discouraged. Just take your position. Just believe. Just leave. Just seek. Just be known by your gratitude. Just pursue the life, God. Just take your position. Just do what God has asked you to do, and then just rest, knowing that the battle is his, not yours, that he will bring the victory for us. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For in the coming 361 days, the Lord your God goes with you every step of the way. And if sometime during this year, you're like, I'm not feeling this, his new, just ask yourself, man, have I stopped believing like who he is? Have I stopped believing about my future? Have I stopped believing what God says about me? I'm listening to all this stuff other people say about me? Did I pick up some of the stuff that I really should have left behind? Am I really seeking him first? Am I being grateful every day or am I being a complainer every day? You know, am I pursuing the life he has for me? And am I just like, okay, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna rest in you. God, you know, I'm gonna take my position, which is, which is with you and seeking you, and I'm just going to rest in you because you got this, God. You got this. You got me. And I will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Amen. Would you stand and pray with me? <laughs> Father God, we love you and and God, thank you for new. <laughs> thank you that your mercies are new every morning. Thank you that you truly have given us 361 blank pages that, that we get to choose. But Father, the, the choices that we make determine the future that we will experience in 2015. And, and God, I, I pray that we'll choose to, we'll choose to 
believe, we'll choose to leave, we'll choose to seek, we'll choose to uh, be known, we'll, we'll, we'll choose to pursue, and we'll choose to rest in you. Father, thank you for allowing us into your presence. In Jesus' name, amen.